Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for in-depth discussion on lore, the High Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matthew, and I am joined across the continent by your friend and my Mr. Joel Davis. Joel, how are you doing this week? We're doing good, and we are on week seven of the Rider Strike. There you go. Keep it, keep it strong. Keep it going. I'm just going to adjust my camera here a little bit. There we go. Yeah, if uh, things look a little different here, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see why, hopefully, next <laughs> week or in the week to come. We'll see. Uh, but for now, yes, uh, things are on the move, shall we say. Um, yeah, the, but this week, for now, we're still podcasting here, uh, you know, for the for the visual visually minded anyway uh this week doing since the uh, dark droids crossover event from marvel is oh just a few weeks away a few months away i should say uh we know something about a droid uprising is coming uh, ajax sigma all that stuff so we asked the age-old question are droids people it definitely brings it up uh before that you know we got we got the the plugs here uh at iron cannon pod e-y-e-o-n c-a-n-o-e and pod over on uh, twitter and instagram um yeah you can check us out there in conversations also check out check us out on the flagship uh podcast just this past thursday joel and i were joined by ben and hannah for a great discussion all about ahsoka about the the, uh, the new ahsoka spot uh, primarily i think that's pretty much all we talked about so i went to some tangents but um yeah i got into tangent about adaptation interestingly enough which is Something we just yeah. worked on. So check that out after this podcast. Please don't leave us <laughs> um, right here on this channel. Uh, if anyone is coming, visiting, checking us out because you saw us on Thursday, welcome to to the Ion Cannon podcast right here on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel where we also have YouTube memberships uh, and super chats and uh, all that fun stuff. Please do support the channel, support the network. Uh, and of course, if you give a super chat, you're guaranteed, I mean, we're trying to get to every, every question, but you're guaranteed to get uh, your question in, your word in edgewise, uh, please do support us. Uh, we got the Discord server. Joel, you want to talk about the Discord? Yes, and this, this not this week, but the week after, so that would be Friday 23rd. Um, instead of a video game, instead of a game night like we would, we are going to be watching Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first indie movie in preparation for Indy 5 coming out June 29th. What does that have to do with Star Wars? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it came from this from this guy. His name was a George Lucas. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, but uh, so, but you but, had a recent event already, right? Recently? Yes, How we watched uh, last week. Last Friday, we watched the season three finale of Star Wars Rebels. Mm -hmm. And because we had time, we also watched Trials of the Darksaber, a really good episode. Of Star Wars Rebels from both from season three, mm -hmm. so uh, we had a lot of fun. Go to the Star Wars Underworld Discord link in the description below. I think hopefully, um, if not, just DM me. Um, lots of fun. We do game nights, other social events, and it's just a lot of fun. It is conversations, chatting, sharing memes, sharing. If you got a podcast to promote, I believe there's a guest or promote yourself channel as well. Um, different things, yeah. Uh, you know, tag us, say hi. We're friendly. We don't bite. Um, yeah, talk about, especially talk about if you have questions about uh, higher public or soccer, let me know. <laughs> There's a great uh, photo that popped up of Anakin or Anakin, Anakin Christensen <laughs> in soccer aid. He played a soccer aid a few years ago. I was like, yes, you can suit up for Team Canada. 
and for the Sith at the same time. All right, might as well move on ahead to it this week. Uh, yeah, we're it's it's Marvel. It's it's not quite Disney, it's yeah. Sony, but uh, into I into the Spider across the Spider Verse had an interesting moment that we want to briefly touch on now and maybe touch on some more. Joel, take it away. Yeah, so you know, week in Spider Verse. What the heck? Well, this will be spoilery, just letting you know. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers. So keep keep that on, and then once it goes away, you you will will stop talking. Yeah, um, so uh, yeah, so you know, um, into the Spider Verse. You know, it's about you know Michael Morales and kind of the multiverse shenanigans of all at all. And there's a there's a concept in that movie, and I hope I'm, I'm explaining it better. Where there's an idea that canon events happen to each and every one of these spider peoples uh not all men some of them are women some of them are dinosaurs some of them are cats and these canon events must happen or the their universe will implode and the the kind of the conflict is miles is like well i want to do my own thing i don't want my canon event which is his dad the captain dying and you know, the, there's one other Spider-Man who is like, "No, nah, you gotta do this because otherwise, then the multiverse will collapse and you know, pandemonium." Um, so that's kind of the main argument going on. It hasn't really resolved itself because this is a two-part movie. That's um, definitely a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> well, we we knew it's a two-part movie from. Oh yeah, again. okay. And, and again, if you're spoiler-verse, uh, yeah. Well, sorry. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I found that, I found kind of the meta commentary mm-hmm. really interesting, uh, which is, it is meta because, you know, uh, Spider-Man, the trip Spider-Man are, you know, Uncle Ben dies, cat, then one of his, his girlfriend dies, his girlfriend dies. Uh, that's sort of like the, the big canned events like almost every Spider-Man has to go through. Mm-hmm. I just kind of find it interesting that they're making kind of a meta movie of a Spider-Man, like, you know, why do I have to, why do I have to go through that, you know? And I just yeah. think, as we are called Ion Canon, I just think it's really interesting kind of doing those meta kind of commentaries. And it tied into Star Wars, because I'm, I'm going to do that. It's going to keep it all together. Well, obviously, I don't think Star Wars could ever do something like that in the sense of multiverse, shenanigans. Um, Closest film that kind of did something like that is really The Last Jedi, which is sort of like, not really like preventing canon events, but if there are like, typical star wars tropes that you know we think of like you know stoke the emperor then kylo ren gonna get redeemed you know the, the night uh you know that whole killing of snoke and then kylo ren you know essentially decided to become the premier leader like that's a reverse on the tropes um mm-hmm. or even poe dameron is like i'm the hot shot pilot who always gets it done because wink you know like that's a reverse of the trope where it's like oh no my accent actually screwed up every second now i have to deal with a bunch of consequences yeah. Um. So you know, I think Last Jedi kind of gets not like preventing quote unquote canon events, but it is very meta, and Spider Verse was also very meta in that sense as well. But you saw this movie match. I was thinking of you yeah. as well because obviously, plus you left our podcast. What did you think of Into the Spider Verse and just that particular aspect of the film? Yeah. When, when you put this in the notes, I'm like, okay, that's mine too. <laughs> Fine. Why not? Um. My weekend spot in my weekend in Marvel, my weekend House of Mouse mm-hmm. with Sony. Anyway, um, yeah, I both. That's a great point about Last Jedi. You know, taking up the the uh, the, the the most dearly held, dearly beloved aspects of each franchise. Why some things get repeated so often, 
Uh, and well, and upholding that and questioning that and saying, wait, now hold on a minute. What does this actually have to happen this way? Does it have to always go this way in this very, uh, you know, very tragic and very heart wrenching way? Um, it, it, I mean, for Spider Man specifically, it's this funny take on the complaint that, oh, there's always these origin stories in so many films. And it is all the same, a trope on the way comics tend to repeat origin stories in, in new ways and for newer eras. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing, yeah, the great chat about Last Jedi, specifically, sorry, I'm making noise here. Uh, Last too. Jedi, yeah, how it takes, a you know, our concepts of what heroism is, what Luke was supposed to become and Luke was supposed to do. And, you know, we, he, we thought he was supposed to ignite the green, stand in front of the First Order with a laser sword, you know. Um, and he upsets that by being human. He upsets that. There's, he gets there's, there. He gets there in a way we don't expect, but he upsets it in that, you know, his the breaking of the canon event was when he ignites the green on his nephew. And that sets him off to go in this other direction that he thinks is going to collapse his universe. Time for the Jedi to end. Um, you know, we have to cut ourselves off from the force. Instead, along comes Ray to say, no, there's a way of actually incorporating the traditions of the past while being free to discern what to do in the present. That's, I mean, again, I keep bringing that up because that film is so great. So yeah, that was, that was a great point. Also just, you know, little, little way helping me question again, the importance of continuity and not, and how stories can always throw things for a loop if they need to. Uh, that's the thing. I still haven't seen Vision Season 2, I admit. I've just been too busy, too busy sorting things out. Still looking for Dom and Chris in the world between worlds. I haven't quite found them yet. Um, that's a joke <laughs> from last Thursday. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's a question of, okay, stepping back from the need to have things just completely make sense all the time and work all the time. According to uh, According to one character's point of view, you you mentioned Poe Dameron. I mean Oscar Isaac in in this film. Oh yeah, I playing, forgot about that. <laughs> you know, I mean he's the villain effectively, not effectively. He's the um, he's the the real villain. He's not the the surfacey villain. He's the real villain in this film. He yeah he um you know he he needs this very strong rigid way of going about way of what is supposed to happen and. Miles, along comes Miles Morales to upset that. Um, yeah, you know, it's not quite the same as Poe, but Poe, you know, he is the hotshot pilot who his own ego upsets that. So, yeah, definitely things to talk about. I, I think we could spend a whole episode just on this. You know, we've done kind of crossovers before with Star Trek, and uh, I'd be, I'd be happy to, to see this <laughs> pop up and as a full episode one day, maybe, maybe in part two, well, maybe when we have uh, some time to see it again or whatnot. Also, I gotta say. Just gotta say, visually this film is stunning. It, oh yeah! If the first one was great, truly great, visually in the different styles, this one just takes it even further, um, mm -hmm. and it's a trip. So, uh, oh yeah. yeah, go see it. Go see it. Definitely just go see do it. that alone. So yeah. All right. Spoiler done. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got we got some news to go on to talk about uh, briefly before we get into our main topic. First up, High Republic Shadows of Starlight miniseries. I'll get that up and I'll put that out of the way. Uh, not not cover Yoda. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> Poor Yoda. But yeah, the, the, Yoda got Mike Wazowski. Yeah, there. The uh, the ever dependable Kristen Baver on this week in Star Wars. She revealed a new four issue miniseries written by Charles Soule, of course, art by Ibrahim Robertson, and this cover number one at least by the inimitable Phil Noto, um, guy who makes his makes his bank just on covers alone, and he has a very distinctive style. But this is this is different. This is new. Um, all the Jedi crowded around and, and just a black dark thing. Opera and she says with with brown hair. Neat. Um, I mean, in the uh, hmm. the the this week in Star Wars, uh, Kristen said we'll, we'll find out what happened in the year between Phase One and Phase Three. Uh, we'll Ooh. catch up with the Jedi Council. Time jump. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we'll so I'll get to that in a second. We, 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 so so Kristen herself, Kristen Baber says, catch up with the Jedi Council. Avar Chris Bell Zedafar. But where is Buryaga? Is he safe? Um, very important uh, important question and that of course starts this october kind of kicking off phase three kind of um got a few thoughts here it's an intriguing title i mean shadows of starlight give i mean it makes sense just how big and monumental the fall of starlight beacon was and how it forces all the jedi to retreat back to the temple on coruscant um the beginning of the end Really marks the beginning of the end of, of the Jedi as we know it. I think, you know, leading up to Order sixty six ultimately, um, and so how they how they deal with that in the immediate immediate year after. Intriguing list of characters that get named there: Avar, Chris, Belzadafar, Bell, and Burry. I expected her to name Avar. Yeah, it's intriguing because um, you know she's an older character, which means in Phase One, not necessarily the main character. Uh, a lot to deal with, a lot for her to play with both Stellan and Alzar are, oh, I guess Al, is Alzar still alive? I think Alzar is still alive, but Stellan's gone. And uh, so, yeah, there's that for her to deal with as well as reckoning reconcil- reckoning with her own having gone off the deep end and trying to uh, go after the Drengir and then go after uh, Lorna D. So, um, curious to see where her head is at as a master as a leader, but you know, Bell and Burry and Reef and, and all these characters. It'll be good to catch up with them and see, get back to them. A loving phase two, but good to catch up with them. Second question, Joel, you kind of raised this. Is this going to be a full swath overview catching us up? Uh, it sounds like it, or is it going to be more of a contained story in these four issues? Like, so, I mean, Charles soul, he, you know, in light of the Jedi, he was able to cover a lot of ground in a novel which was, you could argue whether or not that was successful. But uh, in this four-issue comic, I mean, the two-issue comic, I saw him. I think he covered a lot of ground. Uh, in, in Rise of Kylo Ren, for example, covers a lot of ground. And that, in a later part of the timeline, over, I think, a longer stretch of timeline. Uh, what What is this going to be? What is this issue going to be? Because there, there is a year in between, and they have to make a bridge, but they might just opt for a representative story instead to have us tied in more narrative. Um, that, that's it for me there. Uh, Joel, what do you think of this cover? What do you think of, uh, you know, the, the review on this week or the, the reveal on this week in star Wars and uh, is this going to catch up time jump or, or what's it going to be? I, I actually didn't watch the weakest. I didn't watch the weekend star. Wars. That's okay. I only uh, watched like the five minutes, five seconds of it. Yeah. Uh, Phase three, man, it's 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 looking. Oop, hang on, bat. Ah, nope, 
What's up? All good. It's all good. Siri activated for some reason. Oh, no. um, Speaking of that, AI and droids and all that. <laughs> what one AI? Like, uh, well, anyway, uh, you know, phase three, it's, it's phase three seems very intense. Like phase two was at least, did it again. Phase two was at least very, you know, easy to understand. And like, I, I finally finished Cataclysm this, this mm. week. Hooray. Now off to Passive Vengeance. But, you know, phase three is looking like a beast. And they're sort of like, is it like, I don't even know, like, which novels are going to be the most important, significant ones? You know, how what what how much time are we going to cover here? I mean, we get a year time jump, I guess. So mm-hmm. a little bit of the post aftermath of Starlight Beacon instead of just jumping straight into it. You know, what's the status quo? Is it a full on war? Is the Nile just got the little mini Nile kingdom? You know, what, what's, what's going on here? So, you know, uh, very interesting, but also very intimidating at the same time. So, but exciting nonetheless. If there's anyone who uh, can do it and handle this, I mean, I should say, covering a large swath of time, uh, 8 million genies, 8 billion genies, that makes more sense, 8 billion genies by Charles Soule. It was an indie comic that he did, a creator own. And that, I mean, that is very much plays with time in, in a way that Star Wars wouldn't do. But uh, the concept of that being, you know, first eight minutes and first eight hours and first eight years and first eight decades and first eight centuries um pulling you know scanning pulling, shooting it out um and yeah that felt really logical and actually you made it work and so you know having a year to cover these events i think i think he'll he might focus on one character per issue or one type of thing per issue we'll see uh if if eight million billion genies Human population at the time is eight billion. I mean, not quite yet, but uh, that's the idea. So, yeah, I think I think he'll he'll have it sorted. Out. I trust him. He'll figure that out. Um, okay, one last bit of news: Is it paper? Is it screen? I don't know. It's a video game. Uh, yeah, a lot trailer. Um, yeah, that was dropped just dropped yesterday. If you've seen it, and gameplay today, and gameplay. Oh, oh yeah, gameplay was dropped today. Okay. I haven't gotten a chance to see the gameplay yet. I saw the trailer. Uh, this intriguing, yeah, intriguing new video game that people didn't quite know about. Set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Dealing with the CD Criminal Underworld open game, open concept game, open world game, open I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, and different questions about uh, the, I raised this up before, uh, the question about incorporating paper characters and paper stories. Both Jedi Survivor and Battlefront 2 specifically were did a great job integrating the rest of the paper canon. Of course, Battlefront 2 was in the era where we thought everything was canon together anyway. But um, yeah, that year after Jakku, this is in the, the year before Endor or whatever time before Endor. Um, though you have you have some thoughts there. Uh, what do you think of the reveal? What do you think of just them launching it and uh, the trailer itself and, and other thoughts as well? Yeah, this is from Ubisoft. This is the Ubisoft open world game. I think we've known about it since two years, since at least 2021. Uh, maybe earlier. I don't know when we first like kind of heard the rumblings of it for sure. Um thought we were in that ballpark. Um what I do? so this is of uh, this is going to be uh it's sort of funny, you know, you have Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. That's the, the story about the Jedi, the Jedi Survivor. Um, this is the seedy underworld side of things. This is your outlaw, your smuggler, your Han Solo types, um, and the criminal syndicates. I even like the way the trailer opens, where 
you start out with like an epic battle between the Republic, I mean, the Republic, the Rebellion and the Empire. Yeah. And then it's like, there's this war going on, but I'm over here dealing with these syndicates. So yeah. like, that's not really my problem at the moment. Uh, that's, I, I got to deal with these guys. So kind of like, I like kind of that expanding of like, yeah, there's this big war between mm-hmm. light and dark, just this, but like, hey, my life's just about dealing with these. That's my personal story. I got to deal with the crux mm-hmm. of the world. Sometimes I deal with the empire, but you know, I got, I got syndicates to deal with. Yeah. Um, so that's, so that's interesting. You even see Han Solo getting, taking the Jabba's palace in the Carbonite. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, out here, the syndicates rule, you know, we, we got to deal with Jabba the Hutt, not the empire. Um, sometimes you deal with the empire. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, um, in terms of integration, I mean, we got the planet Akiva is going to be on. That's from Aftermath. Kajimi yes. the planet. So that's awesome. Episode Canto Bite, I think, was shown in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatooine, obviously. Oh, we're going to go to Tatooine. Uh, but it's Underworld. You know, you know, got to deal with Jabba. Well, Jabba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jabba. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, in terms of, like, integration, I guess the question is, Will any Crimson Dawn stuff appear? And I'm not saying that because, like, I don't think they're, like, against it. I just wonder if, like, if the story of the game and the production of the comics were the timelines match up enough for there to be integration or not. Because, you know, video games, they take at least a good three years to make at best. And that's at best. You know, longer they could take five years, you know. You you know, these things aren't, these things aren't, you know, just tap your fingers um uh so you know i do wonder if like this game story was developed long before the crimson dawn the war of the bounty hunter stuff happened or or not because i know everyone's like oh, we're gonna see kira you know kira yay and it's like you know i i would i want to as well and you know i don't mm-hmm. think they would necessarily be opposed but sort of like when did they write the game storyline out and like yeah. So it's like, eh, did they have time? Did there was there were they allowed to? Or like not even less allowed to, just like were the stories kind of matched up enough so mm-hmm. the synergy was there, or was like this game way in advance before while Charles Soul was still just doing issue two. Mm-hmm. So there there's there's certainly that for sure. But you know, hey, another Star Wars game, this time looking at the smuggling life of the galaxy. I like the idea of like the TV shows and hopefully like the movies one day. Mm-hmm. different stories will just kind of have a, a focus on the different elements of star wars be they you know the rebellions or the jedi or the, the smugglers so that's kind yeah. of cool i think that's the kind of a neat that we got one smuggler game and then hopefully next year uh about one jedi game and then next year a smuggler game so mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited for this and kind of to see where what the story is all about and hopefully the gameplay is good yeah i mean on the the note about spaced story space i mean if anything charles soul might have had notes and said you can't go there you can do there you notice in this whole crimson dawn thing uh han going to tatooine finally getting to tatooine is kind of murky from what i recall um when does he actually end up on java's wall uh there's and something with devin lompop and, and everything going on there um but yeah, that that is a little murky. So maybe, who knows if if that has anything to do in this game either, uh, if that's just a to, to draw people in to bring people in. I will say, um, you know, anything to do with Underworld. Not, I don't mean the, the flagship podcast or the mm-hmm. network. I don't mean that. <laughs> anything to do with 
criminal underworld stuff it, it never fully grabs me it's like that okay cool that's that's fine um but what does interest me and intrigue me an interesting contrast from jedi survivor is uh, it's it's a it's a female-led character story and i mean it, hopefully there is a story to it not just the open world i don't know but um because yeah i mean for lack of a better term i'm i found and i'm almost on the survivor playthrough from what i found jedi survivor definitely appeals more to your typical dude uh you know typical dude story and heroism is this gonna be you know it doesn't have as much heart Uh, again that's for lack of a better term lack of better way of talking about it men can have heart (laughs) men should talk about mental health um but you know, uh, Jedi Fallen Order had way more heart. Delved into Cal's origin story and his trauma. Is this gonna be similar to that in it having more of a emotional character-driven historical setting story, or is it? Yeah, is it gonna just be cool? Go on some missions, do some things. I don't. I know. mean, I'd argue that Survivor has a better story than Fallen Order, if you ask me. But uh... I I completely disagree. But that's. Okay. You have to get to uh, the end, especially by the time you get to the ending. I think it makes. Yeah, I'm almost at the end. In there, yeah, that uh, the stuff with um, with Bode, yeah, that has a bit more of a heart too. But it's still a, a dude story. You can be good at that stuff. I'm, I I'm mean, not I, done, I I disagree. But... I like Survivor more than Fallen Order story. I think Fallen Order. Fair enough, but um, I mean, you know, it's Order sixty six. Can't argue with that. But for me, at least. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what this story is about also you, you know the thing about uh the thing about the the galactic civil war is that it ends up involving everybody ultimately you can't ultimately escape it the way say dinjarn can escape the new republic and have nothing to do with it you can't have nothing to do with the empire and the, and the, the rebellion so i don't know i mean that's fine i i do think I mean, let yeah. me ask you this, Matthew. Shouldn't yeah. they make games to not appeal for everyone? Like, again, Star Wars yeah. should not appeal to everyone. I love saying that out sure. of context. It sounds horrible. But sure. you know what I mean. I know, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. Star Wars is for everyone. <laughs> that is your point. Is that Star Wars is for yeah. everyone. So, appeal. I just think it is the whole thing about, oh, you just have Jedi versus Sith or Rebellion versus Empire now. Let's have an underworld story that's new and edgy and different. Well, no, it's not anymore. Right? Um you know, at least in terms of stories, there's a whole Bounty Hunters comic. There's a whole, you know, solo Star Wars story has, you know, and strong underworld content. Um, you know, Bad Batch and, uh, you know, End of Clone Wars has strong underworld content. So it's not like we're at a loss for those. I think um, we haven't done a video game, though. That's- haven't had been a video game. I guess not recently, but there have been many video games, period. So, but uh, yeah, it's fine. Good. It'll appeal. Uh, and, you know, the thing we always bring up with video games is that the scale and scope of video games is so much bigger. The popularity of video games is so much bigger. That is one of the, again, what I was saying about Survivor, it has a lot of, a lot of eyeballs on the High Republic for the first time. So I'm, I'm there for that. But, uh yeah this is, was an interesting reveal just dropped it out of thin air i wondered if they were hoping for like both maybe survivor and 
at law and some others were hoping for E3 to, uh, yeah, you know, to or some sort of event to to release all these. Instead, they said, "Nope, here it is on YouTube because there's no E3. Here it is on YouTube." And uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, forgot to mention. Also, there's the the main character, Psych Droid Psychic, and yes. Droid, by the way, is a yeah. separatist commando in a trench yeah. coat. Yeah, that is awesome. That sounds like leading up to a joke. Nah, I just think it's awesome. <laughs> just it's a separatist droid commando. Separatist uh, commando in a trench coat. Yeah, what do you do? That, um, that's yeah. epic, man. Yeah. Um, fun times, fun times. Uh, so yeah, that's outlaw. Do you have any any further thoughts on that? Uh, no, but I'm excited because I, I like I always say, video games while they are paper cannon to a certain extent, they are screen cannon because they define things. They are what defines. Because mm-hmm. everything in my mind, paper cannon is fluid, because eventually you can kind of just ignore it, not ignore it, mm-hmm. change it up a little. But mm-hmm. once you put something on a screen, you kind of cement it and define it. And yeah. video games are definitely more defining, definitive on things eventually. Yeah. So I'm very curious what they bring into this game and mm-hmm. decide to make more of a definitive statement on. Again, because there's so many more eyeballs on it. And I mean, yeah, it's a I visual do. medium. So there's that. Uh, okay. Um, let's dive into our thing. Sorry if there's lots of noise happening upstairs. I'll go deal with that in a minute. I don't know if you guys can hear that. But... I can't hear anything. Okay, that's good to know. I, I can hear it. I can someone hear myself think. Here we go. Um, let's dive in. Droids. Are they people? And are they people? Are they people? Do they, do they deserve an uprising? Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll get into that. First of all, though, I want to set this up and say this is one of the big sci-fi questions, one that lots of different franchises have tackled. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is Star Trek. Data, measure of a man, goes through this whole court case, and Riker has to lay out these philosophical arguments against Data having rights, be, being a sentient being, um, and it, it affects them to per, affects them personally and would have affected their relationship, but data doesn't have emotions at that point. Isaac Asimov, all the way back, really made this conversation what it is with iRobot and um, not, not necessarily just exclusively iRobot, but he he brought it made it a really literary question. I think the Matrix uh, really. I mean, there's the question of uh, Matrix and I refer to them in Battlestar Galactica. Both the, the the first one that is the Star Wars spinoff, but also the uh, the the early two thousands one, really pushed the synthetic beings as human, as as humanoid, as sentient persons. Um, Star Trek more recently with Picard, for example, with. Uh, Continuing on everything with data, but um, you know the backstory to Picard is this is a big terrorist attack on Mars, and led by droids or, or androids trying to lead an uprising and trying to strike back on the Federation. I mean, it's interesting how that both the Matrix and Star Trek, oh well, Matrix, Star Trek, Asimov, all of those, uh, the backdrop for this question is a droid uprising. What motivates that? Um, and Ballastar too, to its own to some extent. The last one I'll mention is Vision in Marvel. He has been front and center in the MCU, um, and oddly enough for him, there hasn't been much of a question. 
Uh, he's treated as a full character. He has this relationship with Wanda, his relationship with everyone else. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, and, you know, the, and, and the way, the way all these data, especially data and vision really pursue this is through relationships. And they find their personhood in the relationships with others that give them an, a, a longing then to grow and learn and engage more deeply. So this is that question. Um, Joel, I'm going to go, go deal with the noise upstairs while you uh, give us a bit of a reading here. So I'll let you go for that and then talk away. All right. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yay. All right. Uh, well, Matt, you gone. Well, I'll give my little uh, spiel too while uh, you're gone. And then maybe if, if you're going to repeat myself, I will. Um, so, you know, Star Wars is very interesting when it comes to this question because, in some way, with the original trilogy, it kind of opts to not deal with it, which is fine. Um, you know, it, it's Star Wars wasn't really going to for high concept sci-fi it was fantasy. So, you know, if Han Solo wants to just turn off 3PO because he's being annoying, ugh, thank you, you know, from an empire, you know, go for it. But, you know, if you're going to expand Star Wars beyond just the original trilogy and even the saga itself to a certain extent, you know, you got to, I think you should maybe ask these questions as you're world building because then you kind of lead to like some problematic elements and whatnot so uh on to the reading itself um so uh early on in star wars we had um this tie-in comic um uh, uh, what's it called uh what's what's the c3po one shot one shot ghost um this is the ghost in the machine this is the story of how 3po got his red arm you might not recognize him without the with the red arm um but um, despite being a tie-in comic, just to explain why he got the red arm, um, it's actually really good. And it has this really good moment here uh, where he's talking to the other protocol droid um, about memories and whatnot. So uh, I will try to do my best Anthony Daniels, but I'm not good. So I'm just going uh, to go back and forth between myself and Anthony Daniels. It clearly bothers you, Omri, that our memories are in the hands of our makers. You've raised the subject more than once. It is a curse of the protocol droids like you and I, C-3PO, that our task requires an extra degree of sentience. I think that added awareness causes us to question flashes of past events where the grand events or nothing to speak of. How important have I been? These questions nag at me. You, on the other hand, C-3PO, bundly and eagerly obey your orders. I assume you recall nothing. That's not entirely true. I see flashes. For a moment, a place, rocks, a factory, a droids, an arena in the middle of a battle, my own body, not my own. A green world with hills under water city. A single city spread far my optical senses could see. A temple on fire. Smoky mountains of magma and fire suffering. Yes, I have ha I have memories too. And yes, sometimes I allow myself to wonder about them. But I also accept it is a droid's lot in life to be in the service of its master. Enough. We have to keep moving. The clouds overhead. We do not have to be under them if it starts to rain. Um. So that's like one of the more interesting degrees of questions of like, you know, how much sentience does a droid have? I don't know. I might expand this conversation a little bit to talk about the, just the general idea of created beings. And not in, the, like, the God sense of, like, you know, God created the universe. But, like, you know, you came out of a tube. So I'm going to add, like, the clone from Clone Wars as well. Because, you mm. know, they are as well created beings. They were not, they were, you know, they were made. Uh, well, yeah, manufactured beings. Oh, you want me? I can put it back up. You want me to put it back up? Oh no, no, we're good. I think we. I think we got uh, it. I should good. say this. This is written by James Robinson, uh, art by Tony Harris. 
shout out to them. Give some credit there. Uh, yeah, really beautiful comic, and warm my prequelist heart with the references to, to the films there. Yeah, sorry, anyway, keep going. But yeah, it's just sort of interesting, you know, Star Wars when it comes to this question, you know, it kind of always should have shied away from it to a lot of extent. But you know, I guess kind of the question that this kind of asks yourself, like all or all are are all droids are all droids sentient. And if so, are more droids sentient than other droids, depending on why they were created, what was their purpose? Uh, to quote to quote a famous cartoon show, there was a droid that asked himself, what is their purpose? And the creator responded, you pass me butter. And the droid's response was, oh my god. Yeah, welcome to the club. Um, <laughs> uh, the dro- passing droid. Uh, the droid, the butter passing droid. Um... But, you know, it, it Star Wars is sort of interesting, right? Because it's sort of like, okay, you got characters like C-3PO. They are almost human in, in aspects. They feel, they definitely, like, kinda, they kind of act like they're captors for years sometimes. They definitely seem like they have feelings, like, you know, when they see a stormtrooper, like, oh, my God, stormtroopers, ah! Uh, but also, then you have Han Solo can just easily turn them off because when they get annoying. Thank you. Um, move ball. <laughs> to to beat, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, um, BBA. it's also kind of, <laughs> and it's also kind of interesting. You know, the, I guess you have, and this is the more fantasy sci-fi element of like, mm-hmm. you know, the good guys treat their droids more or less like people or pets. You know, R two's kind of like the dog, Chopper's the cat. Um, B two email from Andor is very much the dog, poor like the old dog then was the dying oh, yeah. aged mother. Um. But then you got the bad guys, like, they just treat droids like automatons, just, okay, you serve a function, now do your thing and get out. Or, like, the valid droids, they just mm. sort of, like, you know, just move along, you know, you know, just mindless being just shooting down their enemies, because that's what they're programmed to do. Yeah. Um. So I guess, I guess I'll ask you this question. Do you think all droids, at least in the Star Wars context, are sentient? Or are some droids more sentient than others? I mean, it's funny that the ones that are maybe programmed to be, um, the ones that can speak human language or, or language of, of organic sentient beings. Um, what, what's fascinating about that comic is, is he has a memory beyond any kind of uh, was a restraining bolt, any kind of wipe. That you, there's still residual thing in there. You can ask if uh, Rise of Skywalker undoes that. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's definitely the story. The story treats them as if they are. And that's really the answer there. It's a bit of a cop-out. But like I was saying before, the ones that can have relationships, the ones that can have uh, positions and circumstances, uh, like 3PO ends up becoming the, I mean, the, in this comic, we see part of his mission. He's the head of resistance intelligence. Uh, and, and he's trusted with that to make decisions on his own. And we're saying him. We're saying we're signing a gender. We're signing pronouns, right? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, when it comes to R two and BB eight and them, you know, are 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 pets sentient? Uh, is it another philosophical question? Are, are you know our dog and cat sentient? They have rights. They we you know there it is. They have legal protections. That you know, it's illegal to mistreat them and abuse them, and you have to feed them, you have to take care of them. Um, mm-hmm. But 
it, it's a di- it's a different type of question than say yeah for for L three and three PO um, to to have agency and choice and discernment. I mean, then the clones. I mean, the clones are definitely completely persons, um, and they're, they're human. They're just yeah. I I wouldn't lump them into the same category in the same way. I, I understand why you would, in part because the origins of them are manufactured, and so uh, you know, I mean, that's something Bad Batch is starting is really wrestling with is you know when something some of these origins are manufactured for a certain purpose to a certain design what does that mean for who you are uh it's kind of similar to to miles morales in that question right it's okay here's what your life is supposed to be uh what what do you have the ability to be otherwise or to choose to choose that life because that's who you are and that's what you care about right the clones they definitely do. I mean, you look at Rex, for example. He is willing. His life was meant to be fighting for what the story says are the good guys for the Republic. He ends up continuing his life fighting for the what the Republic stands for. Three mm-hmm. PO manufactured to be a diplomat, manufactured to be a protocol droid. Ends up going into their, all these different types of jobs as in uh, ultimately Republican intelligence translator in different ways yeah I, I think star wars answers for for those droids specifically the reason they're shaped that way the reason they can speak language and move that way uh we interact with them the characters interact with them as sentient and so yeah and then again we'll see with ajax sigma what happens there yeah, I think it's interesting because it's like you're built for a purpose and then your life just completely goes in a different direction. You know, like like 3 PO's, like, you know, he's, he's built for protocol. He's a protocol droid. And then he gets gets ramped up in every wacky adventure the Skywalkers can throw at him, um, you know. Um, yeah. And then you get other droids like in Aftermath, Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones is a B-1 battle droid. His mm-hmm. job is to just, well, the job is always kind of to kill, but it's like be part of a big freaking machine of separatist droids and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, Tem and well, Wexley, you know, obviously from uh, from uh, sequels, you know, yes. he kind of modified Snap Wexley, you know, kind of modified Mr. Bone. Still likes to kill. He loves murder. His hugs are like death. <laughs> um, but clearly, you know, it's like I have a family now. Kind of the situation yeah. with Temin and Temin's mom, uh, Nora Wexley, and so it's sort of like he definitely. There's a little bit more going on with him than just rando battle droid number one hundred. Although that always makes funny about the battle droids in the Clone Wars, because we play them up for comic relief that they almost yeah. feel like people like I just got promoted. They said uh, I, I just got promoted. They have a, yeah. a, a the possibility using the, the use of the word I yeah. is a, a a philosophical leap, right? It's something yeah. even I mean now I'll say that is context specific use of the word I. Languages have it. Well, what I'll say is human civilizations. Uh, through time they always have a sense of I it's just what's more important the I or the we but still uh, the uh, any kind of first person right there, mm-hmm. there's still any uh, you know but yeah it's a great point about battle droids too I, I guess this that kind of the question I guess and this is where the debate started like mm-hmm. how should we treat even the droids like how should we treat the droids whose only job is move box to box over there like, are they? Is that a person? Is that still a person? Even though they were built to move box 
to box over there, or like a mouse droid, like they just go. That's all. I don't know what. I actually don't know what a mouse droid does. I think they clean the floors. They carry. They definitely carry communications and things like that. But like, is are they sentient? Even if their purpose in life is to clean the floors. Like, you know, it's like, did we give them choice to not clean the floors? And what if they want to be a doctor? A doctor <laughs> mouse droid. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I make I fun, know. but it's sort of the question that yeah. we're kind of asking ourselves here mm-hmm. of like, you know, where where does the moral line draw? And sort of like, or did we just build slaves? And, you know, there's, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too, I'll get a little deep in like, you know, the, the the horrible arguments they're they're terrible they're wrong arguments of like you know oh this this race was meant for slavery and obviously you know that's that's not true at all and that obviously mm-hmm. these are people but you know yeah. when humans. do but when do yeah. we draw the line of when robots are people you know mm-hmm. are robot and again that's the question of this debate or not this debate but this more this topic are yeah. robots people um and I do say you know like you, and we have seen other sci-fi films I, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite um show shira there's a mm-hmm. character who loves robots um and they essentially modify and reprogram essentially their equivalent of a battle droid to be essentially a person well maybe not a person but they act more like a pet so it's sort of like they kind of become the cat and the dog mm-hmm. so it's sort of like they were a battle droid and they still got all the functions of that but now they act more like a, a person droid and they have a name mm-hmm. so it's sort of like instead of zero nine eight seven eight four two two one droid named now emily and they right. kind of, and they're now their friend. This is my friend Emily. So it's sort of like if I took Battle Droid B1 Battle Droid 0099, maybe he kind of had a few circuits loose and now he acts different. It's like, this is Bob. They had a Bob. <laughs> hey, I'm Bob. So it's sort of like when, when mm. you cross the line, do you ever cross that line? It's like, does the mouse droid eventually can become Phil, the mouse right. droid? I have him around my house. He doesn't clean, but I don't like him. He's a, um, he's a, he's a malfunctioning Roomba. <laughs> I, I know I, I talk, and you yeah. know, I, I talk. A, I know I, I equivalent to pets more than people, but yeah, I think droids can either be pets or people. It's like the R two D 2s versus like the C three PO for sure. Yeah, I mean the thing that that I think Asimov was that Asimov who <laughs> developed this these rules about robots and we're not. I mean the 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 tricky thing is the fact that we are then making them and designing them to be this way in a way that we can't do with human beings i mean i think uh eugenics and mm-hmm. um you know, in, in mm-hmm. utero selection i think and this is maybe my, my kind of catholic bioethics part of this thing that's horrific you know um you know neonatal sex selection things like that having that control over another human being i think that's playing god but here's some fictional oper- uh, world where you can actually have this being where you can actually create them. Uh, we don't have cloning in the same way. Uh, you know, uh, we, we make them. Here's the thing. Then we create them to be this way. We're responsible for them. And that may be what the, what the rebellion understands is that we create them. We, we purchase them. We bring them into our uh, fold, or you could say not purchase. We hire them. Um, you know, someone else gets the money, but we have to take care of them, give them room and board, in a way. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there there is this. I mean, that's the problem is is that that obligation to to be responsible for them 
is that an abstraction when they can just be turned mm. off and it's kind of where you're getting that the wonderful thing i think about this comic thing is that even if you turn 3po off he will still remember and someone else will come come and turn him on r2 might come along and, and turn him back on and he will still remember have, have memories of what happened and what transpired um in you know, in the decades previous this is during the sequel trilogy he's remembering the prequel trilogy and you know lifetime ago effectively another proof of this this is when i went like this happy birthday dave filoni belated ap5 singing in space with the space birds that to me i mean that that to me is the ultimate final proof uh, of droid sentience in star wars you know why would he do that? Why would he jump out, be out in the in space, singing yeah. with the birds, singing it all? When he's he is literally the box mover droid. He is. I'm going to organize and and sort out where yeah. things go. Where he does. I mean, he really is a tactical droid. Knows what he's doing, but yeah. Well, maybe that's just it. He's a tactical droid. It requires the creativity that then evolves to the point maybe where he singing in space with the space it's a ridiculous moment i love it i adore it i know i'm in the minority but uh yeah i mean you know that's one thing another droid i thought of was uh ig11 yeah you know and you talk about original intended intend intended purpose but i mean that's the thing again he gets reprogrammed to be by quill to actually take care of grogu initially he's meant to go capture Grogu as a bounty hunter. Uh, he gets reprogrammed. What if you know that relationship and then the relationship with now everyone on Navarro uh, as the as the the marshal, what if that gives him meaning? And that's what's fascinating about this is uh, this whole question I, I just mentioned before, the we versus the I is always relative. And in our Maybe that's what has gotten this whole conversation too limited is when we've said that the I is the only thing that matters when the we is actually what forms the I. We're just thinking about this again in the kind of bioethics, uh, theological ethics perspective. Well, uh, this is interesting because it's sort of like a droid. You make a droid. They make a droid. The, the manufacturers make a droid. You're like, yeah. I can make a droid. Like, let's say I make a droid. Like, it's yeah. not even a sophisticated thing. It's like a little mousy thing that's meant to, like, move. That is meant to pass me the butter. Um, But, you know, do I just treat it like, okay, you pass me the butter and I'll turn you off? Or do you kind of develop, like, quirks and, like, little things? But, like, that almost becomes, like, a yeah. personality. And it's like, sure. like, if I say, good job, pass me the butter. It goes, queekle, queekle, queekle. Like, it's not cock. It's like a cat. You know? Yeah. Like a cat, it's deaf. So it's like, or a dog. Where it's like, you know, you can tell it's excited even if it's still doing the original programming of passing me the butter, you can tell it's like, oh, this thing's kind of yeah. developing a bit of a personality of its own. I mean, the thing is, you're talking about reacting back and interacting back and having the processing ability to interact back. Yeah. And that's the thing with, with language is a, a more evolved, higher level of interaction um, mm -hmm. that you know, is able to articulate complex thoughts. And something like 3PO, you know, in this, to another droid, articulating these complex ideas and thoughts about uh, what memories and history and uh, their their human interactions, you know, the, mm -hmm. you know the, that's just the thing. So, I mean, here's the theology time 
is you know the the judeo-christian belief and a lot of other other mm-hmm. yeah well specifically the abrahamic beliefs that god creates uh human beings to respond back and god was ultimately responsible for human beings and for the for the rest of what we call creation as in, as in all life but specifically i mean that's just it is uh, created in order to take part in be a part of god's responsibility for the rest of the world um mm-hmm. you know global warming we dropped the ball there spoiler alert but we can you know we can we can take actions we can choose we can recognize we can take actions to to do our bit to heal the rest of the world and heal our own societies that uh, are in conflict and are polluting and and the economic systems that cause all these these uh, greenhouse gas emissions and into the ozone layer and all that, um, you know, that might be the, that might be it, right? That uh, people reacting and responding to droids and, and letting their response back be what their response is. That agency. I'm getting at maybe Martin Buber's eye now to some extent in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, our interactions form each other and create each other and develop each other and evolve each other. The thing about data, for example, and I think the 3PO is the same way, oh, yeah. able to evolve and grow. And that was, that was the whole through line with data. I think that's the whole through line with 3PO. Able to, the process of becoming, that may be in a way what IG-11 represents, the process of becoming. Um, IG-11 maybe could have resisted or how this program, I mean, the moment in, in the last season where this programming kind of kicks in for a second, but yeah, it, there's still, it, it's kind of herky jerky because of the programming, but there's still maybe a threat of continuity. And, I, to add to the programming, you know, like all our, oh, are all machines meant to have programmed to have these complex thoughts? Like, you know, I'm not saying, no. you know, like, oh, the poor machine droid that puts the head on the b1 battle droid that thing gonna start thinking about should i put on the machines today what if i want to be a doctor you know i don't know making fun but droids but anyway, keep i know but they're like you know it's only like it only it's only will probably ever do it just new b1 bed new b1 yeah. bed, you know machine making machines and we have um, machines be, like that now right carmen yeah you know we have factory right. machines you know i don't ever consider them people you know, just that's that's what the machine's gonna do. Mm-hmm. It's going to just do that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if maybe like evolution in some way. It's almost like weird techno evolution where like mm-hmm. that droid's never gonna evolve beyond just being the machine that puts on the head. Yeah. And then you got things like the B ones, which are I think are interesting because they clearly have they have to have some enough sort of of a mind to be a battle droid and yeah. to go into battle. But you know, they. Clearly, you know, you never see, you know, we haven't done a story like this, so maybe this is why, but, you know, for the most part, we never see one decide, you know, why do I want to be a battle droid? Why do I always put up a general grievance? Or crap? be a joke, right? I want to be a, I want to be a doctor. And then you got, like, the droid generals, like Kalani, yeah. uh, who are, I mean, in some ways, you know, you, you kind of see this in Rebels, where it's like, when they didn't shut down, so it's like, now they're just kind of mm-hmm. living off their programming, and then... Kalani kind of puts together, hey, the Empire is now the real enemy here. So is Kal- I guess Kalani's got a little bit as evolved in a, or has evolved in enough way to, um, you know, be sentient. And, and actually, this gets me to L3 because I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine years mm-hmm. ago when we were talking about all this and kind of 
what her hopes were and like the ethics of droids and that mm-hmm. in Solo, which I think are played a little too much of a joke, but I do think what difference with L3 is, and I think this gets into the evolution part, where I think L3 is a little bit higher than even 3PO, is mm. L3 has evolved technologically to a place, I don't know how, either by herself or because of some of her own initial creation. Where, by you know, or, like, or by the both, where she's like, she is, she has evolved to a place where like, she's making her own upgrades, she's making her own choices. I think that's kind of when you get to that place where like, he upgrades herself, she is programming herself, she's opening her data scape enough where it's like, oh, you're sentient enough. It's like, this is kind of the Ultron thing, like the most advanced AI. Where it's like, oh yeah, Ultron and Vision mm-hmm. are. I think that's why they don't treat them like those. It's like as far as they're concerned, like yeah, they're technically AI, but like they're so advanced AI. Like, oh, you're pretty much just sentient. You're like just a new creature, even if you're yeah. just made of data instead of flesh and skin and bones. Like, so I think like, compared to like, like three people like one notch below a, an Ultron and a Vision. Because they still kind of are adherent to their initial programming, even if the memories are still, yeah, are, are evolving. Them like they've evolved. But I don't think they're like program updating themselves. Like you know, like three people are like I cannot translate this because the Republic said I cannot translate this. And why you have ancient Republic yeah. laws in your programming? I don't know, but that's what uh, apparently you do. So you can't translate the thing. So even though the fate of the galaxy kind of depends on it, and it's only when we find the loophole. Yeah. Um, how we can get bypass this part like okay i mean he chooses it on his he chooses to go on it to, to do it himself yeah but, um but that that's kind of the point of like i do think there's like tiers of sentience where you got an l3 who is clearly making their choices until you get to the end which gets a little questionable with the falcon yeah. and three ps like kind of in the middle where he's not just the full-on automaton but you do see the limits of his programming still kind of kick in. Yeah, well, you you just mentioned how L3 gets murky at the end. I was just chatting with this with Dom the other day. Uh, he was saying that, yeah, it would get really disappointing that she doesn't have a moment where she can actually agree to being plugged into the Falcon that way. Her programming, her brain to be fused into the Falcon that way. And the fact that that's upsetting to us and that we recognize that that is the wrong choice. So there needed to be like mine. Maybe. I mean, well, what he, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to say about Rise of Skywalker. That's why I like about Rise of Skywalker, yes. where 3PO does make the choice to yeah, like exactly. do the thing. Um, and, and yeah, what Dom was saying was there needed to be at least one line of her saying, yeah, I'm, let's do this. I understand the need. Let's go for it. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, the, from a certain point of view, the ESB from a certain point of view revisits that a little bit and Lando is actually able to commune with L3 to some extent. I know we know R2 uh, had, had a bit of a, uh, a dialogue <laughs> with her as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it, again, there all these things building up to, uh, to this claim to, to sentience in Star Wars, even uh, yeah, it, again, it, it's partly what, other characters make of it but my point mm-hmm. being there is that other people are always we are always in part what other people how other people react to us and respond to us and how we react back that's just that's part of what it means to be human and that's probably why this question comes up at all because of course the classic sci-fi thing how does this help us understand the real world mm-hmm. um it's weird it's this funny uncanny valley that we're getting to 
and there's a writer strike over mm -hmm. because we are moving too fast into that being a reality and not actually considering the ethical and artistic and economic ramifications of it. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, it's funny that Siri sets off in the middle. I was like, nope, not right now, Siri. We're in the middle. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of funny. One of the uh, one of the kind of the signs that the writer strike always has is like, you know, AI doesn't have my trauma. You know, you know, writer kind of writing comes from emotion and pain and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but what's interesting about Star Wars is, you know, does three PO have emotions? Does L three? I mean, I think L three clearly has emotions. Dio, Data, Dio, Dio has trauma from emotion, yeah, Dio, right? No, no, thank you, no, thank you. You know, B two emo is like Cassian yeah. gone. You know, it's like just like oh, I just feel so bad for him. It's yeah. like oh, he's like the doggy. He just knows his master's not there. It's like where's Marva? It's like oh, my little heart can't yeah. take it. Um, yeah. so it's it's sort of interesting. And then you got the B one battle droids. Although it's 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 always hard for me with the B one battle droids. It's like it just seems like you were just playing that for humor. You weren't really thinking about yeah, a little bit, especially in Clone Wars, like, right? Especially in, in, Clone Wars. In, in Jedi Survivor. But you know, again, they got Mr. Bones, right? Bring, yeah, bring that up Bones. again. Uh, that they have the capacity with the right person come to come along, you know. So. Yeah, Temin gets you know Temin got you know he program helped re reconfigurate Mr. Bones. So like now he does love the Wexley family, mm -hmm. yeah. um, quite a bit. Um, so you know it, I you know, but then it's sort of like the question, I guess, becomes. When do you I mean should you even build droids at that point? And if so, it's like how much is if is not giving them full sentience a, a horrible thing, right. or is it like well you know you got the mouse droid they're made to they're made to clean the floor you know <laughs> you know I made three people to be a protocol droid I mean maybe you mean obviously even Leia believes I treat my droids nicely like I say thank you for my droid. You know, three PO. Um, oh yeah, because <laughs> while that no good cousin deserves a good smack it. Um, <laughs> you that cousin was a jerk. Um, <laughs> but you know, Leia Leia was very nice to three PO. Obviously, uh, he was a bail at the end of the says like, hey, "Have the protocol droids erased, memory erased." Like what? No. <laughs> but again, bailed. it didn't didn't work. Didn't happen right, fully. Right. He tried. Funny, R2, funny enough, R two's still got full memory. He's he still remembers. He's like, yeah. I have seen things you will never. Uh, I mean, like, there's like <laughs> even some of the old Legends book. There are moments of like, yeah. R two's like, I don't want to show Luke at Anakin killing all the Jedi yeah. and then choking Padme out. Makes the choice yeah. not to, right? Yeah. Remember? Like, I don't want to get yeah. deal Luke. I don't. I don't want to deal through that ad again. I had to be there and watch it all. Um, and then also, I mean. There's a canon story in the Poe Dameron comic where R2 and BB-8 are, are sharing old war stories. And it's this is a spoiler for that issue. I forget what issue it is. Um, you don't know who they are. It's just bubble speech and, and maybe block speech in different colors, like blue and orange, mm -hmm. um, going through narrating this whole story. You don't know who they are until the end, and you realize it's R2 and BB-8. So maybe R2. I mean, R2 maybe something more like Groot. It's kind of that kind of thing of, all he does the beeps, beeps, beeps. I am Groot, but there actually is meant to be language there. I mean, Luke knows what R2 is saying. Uh, Ray knows what BB-8 is saying. Yeah, um, and and you know, like BB-8, like BB-8 tree is like the family dog. You know, it's like BB-8 buddy, and yeah. you know, even when I always forget that BB-8 was in Resistance and kind of became Cass's pal for like a season. Yeah. Um, but it's like you know, like here's here's kind of the you kind of the veteran war dog. 
you can help you out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the question is like, you know, do should you build every droid with that same amount of sentience? Like, do I build every B one with the choice to not be a B one? What's even the point? That, that's that's is, not very economical. It's not very efficient. I know, and it's sort of like hmm. it just kind of raises the question of should we even have droids? Are we building slaves? Should they get paid? You know, what's a droid gonna do with credits? I guess, like, mm-hmm. are they gonna take a vacation? Like, in, buy that, an old bath. <laughs> You know, and you know, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of just, you know, it's like the the, the, the questions, and it's just yeah. I don't know. And it's like, especially with Star Wars, it's sort of like, yeah. I mean, I, I will say, making giving three PO the creativity uh, mm-hmm. to make those kinds of decisions, it does, it is necessary for a diplomat, for mm-hmm. a, a protocol droid to know how to navigate situations. So yeah, the language. The ability to translate mm-hmm. is one thing. The ability to know what the rules are in every circumstance, you know, having a party in Padme's apartment, that's mm-hmm. important. But the ability to, to navigate the complexities of, of you know, Jabba's under, underground, Jabba's palace, right? Knowing mm-hmm. he needs to be called the almighty Jabba and the negotiation with Leia with the thermal, thermal detonator and that kind of delicacy mm-hmm. is necessary and maybe it's more efficient or mm-hmm. simpler or just part of the way to have a competitive advantage or just the way things are done to have the organic beings being able to do that and to have, have droids to be programmed to have all the other data capacity. That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. To be, uh, you know, well-versed in 6 million forms of communication, 8 million forms of communication, no organic being is pot could ever possibly no. ever have all those rules and protocols in place and then have the the etiquette and protocol and the sensitivity and creativity to navigate diplomatic situations um yeah i mean in that way yeah it's kind of this necessary thing to be sentience-esque uh, i think for a droid you know because of the the technical capacity alongside right. with the the creative capacity yeah i so I, I sort of saw this just now and this is sort of again i think what we see in a lot of sci-fi but also a lot more in the fantasy where it's like you clear clear definite definitive good and evil where even if you build a droid like i saw just just this question mm-hmm. what if the jedi commanded the droid army instead of the clone army mm-hmm. and i was thinking about this and like let's say they treated the droid just like they treat the clones right like it's like yeah. you know, maybe people like make window, but you know, like Anakin, like Anakin and Obi Wan, like or at least Anakin in Ahsoka. Yeah, you know, I think even if you still programmed a droid army, I think the heroes would still do their best to treat the droids as people. So like every time a droid went down, it's like you know fallen brother, yeah. and then you start seeing like oh you know instead of droid BB zero zero nine nine eight six three four four two one, it's like oh no, R- Bob is down and Ricky. Not Ricky. He, 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 he started developing an interest in dance. Um, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, even though you still program them to fight for the war, mm-hmm. you'd still treat them as sentient beings anyway, even if they still did their initial pro. Like, even if you had a mouse droid that still cleaned the floor, I feel like the most, the, the morally outstanding heroes would still kind of treat them with respect and with a certain sense of sentience, even if they still form their initial programming. Yeah. 
of you know mopping the floor compared to the bad guys like you know you're just tools yeah. and once i'm done with you i'll treat you like you know crud um yeah so i think that's also the kind of the moral lesson of the droids it's like yeah a battle droid is still going to battle droid there's nothing you can do about that but you can still if you got a battle droid on your side you know you're still going to treat him like you know it's not going to be zero zero nine eight seven three two one you are mr bones you help us out. You're part of the team, part of the gang. Yeah. Same with the separatist commando droid, who's got a trench coat now for some reason. Like I guess she, the the main character and them are at least partners, if not yeah. buddies. So mm-hmm. clearly, you know, she sees him as a or them as a person, even if they don't have L three style self sentience. Yeah. They're still definitely being treated like a person. Um, I was gonna say something. I forget what I was gonna say. Well, here, yeah, here, two things is I would really, that's why I'd really love to see a separatist focused story. I wanted to see that with Andor, frankly. I wanted to see uh, him being part of this fight since he was six years old, uh, part of the separatists, and wonder what their, you know, the, the ordinary folks on the ground, what their relationship to the droid army was. Did they see them as protectors and liberators? Mm-hmm. Um, even even these goofy uh, B ones, maybe they actually maybe that story will take them more seriously, a little more. I mean, Mister Bones isn't a serious character, but he does serious things. Uh, that you know they'll see see that angle. Also, though, the point of the prequels, one of the big points of Star Wars, is the way that war uh, deadens and ruins our souls and leads us to making these choices that uh, let us surrender our our <laughs> dignity and surrender our integrity for the sake of security. I mean, that, that is the Death Star in a nutshell. That right. uh, is the clone army and the droid army, you know, putting these massive, creating these massive beings to then go be cannon fodder. Um, you know, the Jedi lose their soul in that way. So, mm. Uh, I mean that's part of, and that that again underscores the point of uh, these are morally uh, they're moral subjects is, is the, we become persons moral subjects uh, that deserve more respect than to be uh, cannon fodder or the butt of jokes and and again I, I wonder if a separatist focused story would see them more seriously and not just you know, making them, I just got promoted. Oh no, I'm off. <laughs> kind of jerks. You know, it's, it's sort of funny that the Jack and Lizzo episode mm. kind of tries this. I don't think it does it as well as I would have liked to yeah. see for mm. sure. And I think a, a more serious story, well, this is needed, but sort of like the idea of let's not just destroy the battle droid. If you think of them as people, mm-hmm. repurpose them, recycle mm. them, you know, make them, you know, help them out with the community in, mm-hmm. in a certain sense, you know, I, I think that's sort of an interesting concept. I don't think Jack and Lizzo episode does it as, as just as I would want, for sure. But I think, you know, you kind of like, you know, we see the Empire. It's like, well, what do we do with these battle droids? Yeah, kill them, burn them off, sell them for, you know, turn them into new parts for a ship or something. Mm-hmm. While, you know, I think maybe a character who's like more droid sentient conscience, mm-hmm. be it in Star Wars or another franchise like I know of, would look at all these droids of war and like, you know, I don't want to destroy them. I think we should, you know, maybe we just got to reprogram them and like, mm-hmm. they're just be nicer. And like, they can be, do other things like rebuild yes. planets or help out the community, help out grandma, you know, help the senior center yeah. or, you know, just reprogram them to live their own life. 
droid doc B1 doctor. Uh, Dr. Mr. Bones. I mean, the, um, the, a droid gives birth to Luke, helps give birth to Luke and Leia. Yeah, exactly. You know? Although I think uh, that was programmed to be a, a nurse doctor. But... So also, Count Dooku was a visionary. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's a great line. I I need to watch that episode again. I love that episode. Just like I like love AP five singing in space. I love that uh Jack Black Luzo episode. Anyway. But I do think there's sort of a yeah, you know, like I think if you were the more morally conscious Star Wars who do who I mean and that's something I just want in general from more of our heroes in Star Wars to Yeah, you know, the original trilogy it's fine, but you know, it's sort of like when you have the bigger questions like, is it really right for Han to just go just three PO like shut up. Thank you. You know, she's like, turn him off. Turn him off. Not to say, can we have a moment? <laughs> you know, yeah. can you leave the room for a minute? Like, nope, just turn him off. Yeah. Um, you know, then although you know, Han's a little different because he's Han, but sort of like, yeah. you know, you got Luke. It's like Luke definitely always tries to treat R2 with like, you know, yeah. hey, R2 is my buddy, my pal. I mean, I mean you know, you, you have people who need to be sedated, for example. It's true. And it's well, kind of similar true. to that, but not like permanently. Just the like out I mean, in and out. R two's not go. Three is not going going crazy. Just you yeah. know, like just I'm scared. Like I'm about to help yeah. the vampire. Like, no, when you're sedated, it's like you're you're ah, like I'm gonna try to attack you. Yeah, kind of a situation. So that's that's, that's a bit that's true, different. Yeah, it's extreme circumstances. Just like yeah, <laughs> be like if we were having a conversation and like, okay, man, I'm tired of you. Click, you're off. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could do that to the podcast. You could do that to the YouTube stream. <laughs> it's called like, rage quitting. Yeah, yeah, you rage quit the conversation with your droid. Um, but yeah. you know, I do think you know, I I like it when we see more of that kind of conscious from the hero, <laughs> and even down to like. And you know, to be fair, Star Wars has always I've, every fantasy genre has this problem where it's sort of like I must redeem my father, I must redeem him if he doesn't commit the colorful crimes. But then with the stormtrooper, it's like okay, blast, blast, kill, kill. Not even yeah. gonna bother. Like he, he had a family, he had a wife and kid. Like no, kill, kill. True. I mean, the stormtroopers, even in video games, like officer dead, dead. Stormtroopers are basically droids, pretty much, or, or less than droids. You know, and it's sort of like even the heroes are like, okay, dead, dead, dead. It's like, and they have families, maybe. Like, Which is also need... part of the the evil of the Empire, but. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm sort of like talking about how it's kind of funny. It's so like, we must, or like, when it's sort of like, we're going to capture the Emperor. Like, I think the story was like, we're going to capture him. We're going to take him to custody. We're going to put him on trial. And then it's like, but the regular troopers, like, nope, you're dead. Just toss him out of a window or force push him down. Like, we're yeah. not going to bother trying to capture you or knock you out. We're going to kill you. But the Emperor, no, we have to capture him. Hmm. Um, uh, But, you know, it, it's it's sort of that kind of, I mean, you know, that's just kind of conscious storytelling mm-hmm. I, but and with the droids sort of the same thing it's sort of like um you know like the one droid is special but then the bajillion of others it's sort of like eh yes but sort of like i do like to see more of that kind of like even the even the most d- mousy droid with the little police sirens on are still like now they're still sentient kind of maybe they're not super sentient mm-hmm. like and again i guess this kind of gets into pets where it's sort of like you know yeah we put down our pets it's like you know i mean obviously we, you hope to put them down when they're super sick and not dying yeah. it's like you know maybe you know like i don't know if they want you to try and cure them but it's sort of like yeah, yeah they I, don't want to be I yeah we don't want to see them pain but it's sort of like with george against like mouse george probably aren't super sentient but they're probably sentient ish and yeah. then you got three po and l3 who are far more sentient for sure yeah, there's definitely a range 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think even regardless of even if there's a, a smaller range, it's like a regular B1 or a mouse droid, mm -hmm. I still think the heroes should always try to treat them better, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know we can't stop the story just to treat the poor little mouse droid, but... <laughs> I like to, at least when our heroes have droids in their servers, I like to see them, like, even the mouse droid gets, like, a name. It's like, yeah, there's good old Jeff. Good yeah. job, Jeff, cleaning the floors. Thumbs up. Yes. Fine. Um, I guess we're kind of almost done with this. Let me just mm -hmm. check my notes. I guess the final question then, um, well, first of all, I'm going to go into some just some stories of droid revolution before we get to the final question. Um, we've had, you know, in Legends, there was a story of 3PO to the Enjoy Revolution. Um, there was a whole background story arc of IG-88 going to the Enjoy Uprising against the, uh, it was against the, the, the fleshies, for lack of a better term. Yeah. To the point where he even took control of the second Death Star and was the second Death Star yeah. on Endor. Well, um, that's, that's special. That's an interesting uh, story. That, that's <laughs> a special one. Uh, you have HK-47 from the Knights of the Old Republic. He was an assassin droid who joined the main crew and that's kind of he's kind of like a a a, a mr bones type where it's very much like he hmm. calls humans meat sacks and he's like oh i just want to see violence you know he's well, very like oh sorry pro, you're, you're he about likes to get to triple zero and yeah, yeah. He, he likes he programmed to like violence even though he's also kind of part of the crew so it's kind of like hmm. you can see the violence but he's also like oh i like this gang yeah. um but then finally um i guess the final question is enter Ajax Sigma. Well, before you do that, I do want to mention Triple oh. Zero and okay, triple zero. MBT because, yeah, I, oh, mean, yeah. I guess that's AQ 47. Uh, in the Afra story, one of the Afra's kind of mm -hmm. nemesis, sort of, uh, yeah, another murder droid who loves just just program something to do with, I forget what the origins, something with uh, a special brain, like, like matrix, positronic matrix, for lack of a better term. Uh, that it was involved in maybe the separatists, but also Vader is involved in that somehow, and like uh, an ancient Sith programming that says, "Okay, triple zero I mean, the joke is kind of old at this point, but that's why he hasn't shown up much. But uh, yeah, it's like him and BT. They just want to. They they just want want to take out the meat sacks and uh, further. But but they are kind of. They're classic villains in that way. They're classic ridiculous villains in just, mm -hmm. in and that's a kind of a type of sentience, right? Um, you want to stop them, but they have a character to them, and Afra knows to oh. how to relate to them, and so yeah, it's I, also fascinating. But. I also forgot one more droid that we haven't talked about this entire time. I forgot K two K two S O. I kind of that's sort of an interesting one as well, where Andor just kind of like. Yeah, reprogram and now you're with us. I go, oh, okay. Um, another one where a relationship pushes evolution, pushes growth. Yeah, yeah, you know, he was just a regular security droid. He just, we saw what they were like in Andor, where it's just like, nope, you kind of are just brute. You're just a brute yeah. and you choke poor Cassian out. But then, you know, Cassian then kind of reach it, fixes OK2SO up, mm -hmm. and now they're best buddies and he's k2 has probably is in my opinion the saddest of the rogue one deaths where he's just like climb climb it's like he knows what the stakes are mm -hmm. he's just mm -hmm. holding out yeah holding out for the gate who are his friends it's and just so sad when he says, 
Sorry, you finish. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and just one more, one more thing. I just, it's just so sad when he says goodbye. It's like, oh, you know he feels something. Yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying you get that in miniature in, in um, uh, Fallen Order and Survivor. With, uh, was it, who's, is, who's the, the, speaking of droid, the, the puppy droid on the back. Oh, shoot. He's uh, able to, and I'm watching the playthrough. I forget. BT. Maybe it's BT. No, it's not BT. It's BT. Um, the BT BTSO no yeah anyway he he's able to reprogram K two droids K series droids to be allies and they don't last very long but you get a little bit of that too so yeah so there's there's another example but okay now finally for the final question yes you know enter Ajax Sigma and oh what do we what do we hope to see from this dark droids crossover this idea of a of a droid revolutionary built by people. I forget what what is Ajax or origin stories again. So this is the interesting thing. So this is where Mark Guggenheim's Helen Solo comic ties into everything. Finally figured it out. Um, BD one, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BD one, okay. yeah. Why did I? Yeah, thank you. I don't know Thanks. why. Sometimes it's a uh, Paul Bettany's character. That's his face. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. Ajax Sigma. This is interesting. Eight. High Republic era droid brain that uh, gets passed along from bounty from bounty hunter to bounty scoundrel to scoundrel whatever, and ends up being resurrected by you know after Empire Strikes Back, and we believe he's going to start leading a droid gotra and a droid uprising um, against who we don't quite know. Uh, I don't quite remember, but what's fascinating then about that, and this is. And what we hope for, you know, the higher public era hasn't really explored this much. They, the mm-hmm. droids in that are, are way more basic. Um, they're way more tools. They can't really talk mm-hmm. so much. Um, they can be pets a little bit, but um, the only one that talks just spews pre-programmed. This is um, in phase two uh, spews pre-programmed uh, spiritual aphorisms. And the, they have meaning. There's a way of communicating, but not the most helpful. But Ajax Sigma, you know, is from is a character out of time. Is a droid out of time in in this era that it hasn't been explored much. And what does that mean? He, he might even be more ancient. I don't quite remember. But you know, what does that mean for uh, being out of time, being into time? Kind of like the droid in in that's the one time. Uh, uh, more sentient droid comes up is, is in Jedi Survivor from the High Republic. Um, another droid out of time waking up and discovering that the galaxy is this such different place. Uh, what does that do for that droid sense of self and the droid sense of community and the we rising up, mm-hmm. picking who what the end who which enemy to fight? And uh, yeah, and then how does that that's the thing. I don't think you can escape the rebellion and the empire at this point. You, if, especially if you're going to be a larger scale group, larger scale faction, if you will. Um, do they end up contributing to the rebellion in some way? Or the empire? Or they, they doing their own thing? Um, yeah, that's you, no, actually, you brought up something up, and I just sort of thought of this. You know, people say, scientifically speaking, our brains are the ultimate computer. Yeah, and. Well, that's it. I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot to bring this up. I should have brought this up. Anyway. And I think just kind of started to go back to the sentience thing, but it yeah. just comes to my mind. It's sort of like, you know, we are able to think 
and evolve and change. You know, I one day I'm going to think this, tomorrow I'm going to think that. Yeah. You know, I do wonder if, again, it's sort of that brain size of like, you know, some droids have very simple brains. Mm-hmm. You know, they're per- very one man, one track mind. Mm-hmm. And they got a 3PO, which is a little bit more complicated, come more complicated brain programming yeah. where, yeah, they definitely got the protocol droid, but they're definitely thinking and feeling. And then they got, you know, L3 and then you Star Trek data, which is like, that yeah. dude programmed a very advanced brain. That's pretty much just what a people brain's like, like us. Yeah. Um, and and be able to, I mean, L3, going back to L3, being able to have a political, very strong political perspective. Yeah. And this is where I guess Ajax Sigma is kind of coming to it because he clearly has a strong <laughs> political perspective if he's fomenting revolution mm-hmm. or was he programmed to just ferment revolution. So it's like, yeah. what is his brain? It's like it's a higher public brain, but it's like, who programs a droid to be a revolutionary unless you just wanted to create some chaos, which yeah. always then kind of, you know, lots of sci fi. It's like, why was I created? Which again, you know, it's also just a spiritual thing. Could be this guy. Could be this Could be. Guy. I mean, yeah, no you never way. maybe. That'd be interesting if they tied it back that far. It is Charles uh, Never. It's true. Just thinking you know. of that right now. Who wants Mark to create chaos? You, you know, man, yeah, just create a droid just to cause chaos for chaos' yeah. sake. And, you know, how advanced did that droid get? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the droid created the turned on against you kind of a situation. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's the Frankenstein monster, the book and the movie dilemma mm-hmm. as well. Great God, and you try to be God, and it just backfires on you big time. There's the problem. Uh, <laughs> um, or are we, are we God's Frankenstein? Um, you know, um, but, you know, it, it'll be very interesting to see kind of where, mm-hmm. what the story wants to tackle and where, because that's always been kind of something of like people, mm-hmm. people are hungry for a, yeah. a very serious, like, our droids people story like what do the heroes feel about this you know like does luke skywalker try to stop the institution like does luke you know mm. if luke or leia see the rebellion against for droid rights it's like do they join in or like do they try to stop it right. what are their own thoughts on what droids rights should be you know you never you never hear luke and leia really discuss too much about what they think droids rights overall are no. do droids have legal rights under the republic you know can are there legal things you can and can't do for droids are they protected should there be a droid senator that should someone built to george you know do are droids a constituency there's a it's sort of like clones it's like yeah. clones don't have constituency either so again that's another reason why droids and clones kind of the same thing yeah that's sort of like you know the empire they're Dumping the droids and then they're dumping the clones. It's easy to dump the droid because you can turn them off and they be quiet. Clones are at least still talking and you kind of have to, oh, shoot, they're mm-hmm. organic. But then again, it's like non organic life form. You still have the word life form in there yeah. organic life form, non organic life form. Also, clones have, have Order 66 in the inhibitor chips. I forgot to mention that. That's true. Great they're they're, they're yeah. that one thing that turns off their brains and makes them a one track yeah. mind for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's those, that question as well. Uh, I it seems like Age Jack Sigma is going at this from a place of bad fates for sure. But I do wonder if even if his bad fates kind of chaos doesn't spark. I wanted to still spark a question for Luke and Leia to like think yeah. about it, like even if Ajax Sigma is ultimately defeated. I, but you know, you know, we never we don't quite know exactly because again we don't really see. We kind of get a little bit in the Jack and Lizzo episode on just a tiny bit, mm-hmm. but 
did the New Republic have legislation for droids? Are droids supposed to legally be more treated better post the fall of the Empire? And maybe, yeah. you know, we, we don't know for certain. For certain. Obviously, mm-hmm. we see the heroes treat the droids well, but, you know, that... And even, you know, like, droid commandos, like... And again, droid commandos, like, look at the commando arc for a little bit. Yeah. Maybe not as deep as I would want, but so, like, here are these R units, you know, they're meant for, you know, we decide, hey, you know what, we're going to turn them into a commando squad. Mm-hmm. R2, you're not really programmed for this. This wasn't the original program, but you're a commando leader now. Congrats. Yeah, that's an, uh, another weird story in Mieber Gascon. Another, you know, uh, very George Lucas story uh, brings us up. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll see, bring you back to the Ajax Sigma thing. Um, what this story specifically runs into the problem of how does it affect the wider galaxy and, and the, the wider story because we're taking this pause before Return of the Jedi. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Why are we stopping? Why aren't we going straight into Return of the Jedi, especially given the 40th anniversary and whatnot? Uh, it needs to earn this pause. And yeah, for some reason, it have some sort of character impact on Luke and Leia, uh, character impact on the, the, the fate of the galaxy, the story of the galaxy. Um, and the aftermath too. And the aftermath too, yeah. And and what maybe yeah, what, maybe what the New Republic is about, we don't know. But um, yeah, for some reason, we're exploring. We're stopping to explore this droid question. Like you said, what does it bring up? What? How does it tackle? Yeah, I, I mean, where the conclusion I've come to in in this in, in this episode is yeah, definitely some droids are people. Um, you know, deserving, wanting to have an uprising at all, mm-hmm. wanting to have a gotra, if you will. Uh, yeah, why? Why do they? What is it about freedom? What is it about agency? What is it about personhood that Ajax Sigma in particular is going to explore? I think that's a question Charles Soule thinks about. Um, yeah, and that, yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating Again, how does this impact everything else? Because again, mm-hmm. making this pause. And I, I think I agree. Most droids, or some droids, are people. I'm not going to go as far as to say every machine built in the Star Wars galaxy no. is automatically a person. I wouldn't even but... say the most droids are. You know, I think they're yeah, like mice are people. They're mice. <laughs> I mean, they're still sentient creatures. Yeah, they have rights, especially if they're pets. A bug is technically a sentient creature, too, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. But, you know, like, I mean, you know, I still think, yeah. but obviously, even if you don't think the mouse droid is a person, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still not going to be cruel to the mouse droid yeah. and, like, kick it in the, like, oh, you stupid. We're, again, going back to the global warming question, we're still an integrated ecosystem, an integrated yeah. system, interdependent system. You know, I mean, the Naboo and the Gungans need to treat each other like persons. <laughs> That's a problem. But they don't. Uh, well, the Gungans are a civilization. We're talking about the mouse droid, but you know, I know, get, I know. But the get, point being, yeah. having a, a sense and awareness of an integrated, in, uh, you know, interdependent, symbiotic ecosystem right. are midichlorians and the wills. You know, like come on. But I, I do then, think that all that you know, 
but I just think that, you know, the hero should still even treat the mouse droids with some kindness. Yes. I know, like like Cinderella does with her mice friends. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that'll help you out in the, in the long run. It's like, oh, you were nice to the mouse droid. So the yeah, mouse well. droid might, might remember you. And it's like, yeah. hey, I'll help you out, even though it's not really in part of my programming. That story um, would not be surprising if we got a story like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, you know, like, even the mouse droid even uh, and Mando where it's all... Um, who was Din's other robot that he got to help? R four, not R four. Not IG, like the in the the one rowing the boat. Yeah, the, no, not the one rowing the boat. The the one he put in the uh in the Naboo yeah, Starfighter. Yeah, R four, R four, R four. It's like the mouse choice saw R four. It's like, hey, intruder, intruder, yeah. intruder, intruder. So it's like even yeah, the mouse choice kind of being sometimes too. I mean, that's something with the battle droids. So. Uh, yeah, but it's the same thing with the battle droid. It's like if I had a battle droid. It's on my side. I'm not gonna treat like just General Grievous with like I'm gonna smash its head. Like yeah. I'm gonna treat it with respect, and maybe even that would evolve that relationship and that mm -hmm. droid might, even to its limited programming capacities, get it to mm -hmm. personhood as far as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think that is sort of the at least my view of it, where it's sort of like treat these creatures like sentient beings, and they will even evolve in a way where it's like even if you don't go full L3 and 3PO even the most programmed droid can still kind of get yeah. as far as they can with their limitations. How to be just prevent being destroyed by a droid uprising a la The Matrix or Battlestar Galactica. Treat them with respect. Do unto your droids as you would have them do unto you. <laughs> Pretty, much. Pretty much. Yeah, that is, that is the... That's the ultimate lesson, and I, I do want to those who you believe mm -hmm. don't have the same agency and creativity and capacity as you, and mm -hmm. maybe and they will surprise you. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, you know, we can oh, go ahead. No, no, uh, was, we can we, yeah. can we can still you know debate like is this a slave economy if we're all using droids and like do droids need salaries and money? Yeah. And I think maybe that, but I do agree to the ba basic line of like treat your droids as you would and you know if we're b1 battle droid wants to become a doctor support them in becoming a doctor you know i think they should have some sort of free will yeah um yeah i was gonna there there are i mean this is all there are parallels to the real world as well that i, I don't think we have time to go into but um because yeah keep in mind this is fiction we are of a writer strike because we're not there yet and we're pretending we are and that's a problem um you know Maybe we will be one day. And there's the warning. <laughs> uh, who knows? Um, Hopefully there's more 3PO's than there are Matrix robots. Yes, that's so. But we have a choice. Again, yeah. treat, treat your droids as you have them treat you. Um, fair enough. Do you have any, any more thoughts? Nope. That's pretty much it for me. I think this was a good place. This is a good place to end it. Very... Lots of... Leave comments because I know this is a very uh, interesting topic for sure. And I know... Yes. Uh, you know, where this is something that you know a lot of people talk about. So I, I hope lots of comments come in. Yeah, definitely one of those things. I think we should talk again later in a different tune as more stories come out. Hopefully about it. That's true. Uh, yeah. So uh, as Joel said, uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, yeah. As Joel said, leave leave comments below. Uh, those the here on the the YouTube channel, Twitch, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, th those boxes aren't going anywhere. Uh, definitely a very lively and a hopefully with Ajax Sigma and, and Dark Droids coming it's called Dark Droids coming up. Uh, very lively conversation. Also, let us know uh, what you think on Twitter or Instagram at 
Ion Cannon Pod. Um, please do give this video a like and a share, subscribe to the channel, like like all our uh, our socials, follow our socials if you haven't done so already. Uh, Joel, thanks again for leading this discussion, getting it together. Uh, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at JID2021, again, JID2021. And of course, at the Ion Cannon Pod, E-Y-E-O-N-C-A-N-O-N Pod, um, on Twitter, where I will always post stuff, interesting facts, and just thoughts. Yeah, different things. Uh, yeah, that's at Ion Cannon Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NEUG485, on Instagram at MNEUG1138, and again, on Instagram as well, at Ion Cannon Pod. Uh, I'll try and get more stories up in there, as the kids do. Uh, we'll figure that out. Also, again, of course, check out our uh, our spot on the flagship last Thursday and all our previous episodes. Here's the, here's the thing. If you're looking for our previous episodes, it's a little hard to do. Um, go to the Underworld channel, the live tab, and just about every other episode, every other video will be our episodes. Let's just say Ion Cannon. Uh, check those out. You will also be able to find us on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your – well those two places where you get your podcasts. Um, please do give us a like and a subscribe and a follow and a review, etc., etc. there as well. Uh, yeah. Next week we are doing something more, more broad, maybe more esoteric. I don't know. Looking, eh, and historical at the same time, looking at eras, eras in star Wars stories in those eras, why some stories fit better or not. And Lucas on what they're, up to in in divvying up years high republic uh republic late republic empire etc etc should be a good very canon what is the canon how is it understood story uh Mm -hmm. podcast uh we hope but until then joel let's build this thing and head home